This episode is a wee bit different than the standard fare, as it's more of me telling you about one of my most embarrassing moments in life playing a live show. But before we start, I wanted to mention another show, hopefully, that won't be as embarrassing for those of you in the London listening area. Wednesday, May 4th, I'll be playing a live show at Queen Elizabeth Hall at South Bank Center. Come and join me as I'm even doing a guided breathing and meditation session before the show. Tickets are at cometdownpodcast.com under the live dates tab. I hope to see you there. Again, London, Wednesday, May 4th at the South Bank Center. Let's have some fun. Now to a show that happened a number of years ago that is just a little different. 2,100 seats. That's 2,100 seats. That's 4,200 eyes, 4,200 ears, and in my mind, 2,100 face palms. At least that's how I pictured it. I was playing in the orchestra pit of a Broadway production that was touring through the States, and Most of these performances are massive undertakings, and while they travel with their own core musicians, they will usually hire an additional musician locally rather than filling another seat on the bus. So I've done this a number of times. I've done this a number of shows as they have come through, and truth told, you're very familiar with them, at least by name, if you haven't seen them already on Broadway or if they've come to your town. But to give you some backstory, the musicians or musician, which in this case was yours truly, me, usually is sent the music about a month or so before the production arrives to town. It's a giant book that's been passed around a hundred or so times by other pianists taking the same seat but in a different town. So by the time that you open it, it's almost like you're reading through someone else's study guide from high school highlighted sections, red ink throughout, spilled coffee on a page or two. Uh, Is that a G or is that a G flat, you ask yourself? The book has been through it, but as a keyboardist, not to be the downer, the keyboardist kind of gets the brunt end. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a keyboardist, but let let me explain. I'm truly going somewhere with this, by the way, so just stick with me. The keyboardist has three things that he or she is supposed to be constantly in tune with. The sheet music on the stand, that makes sense. A tiny TV monitor kind of thing above the stand where they watch the conductor. And then there's a computer screen, either to the left or to the right of the sheet music stand, where they can see what sound the keyboard is set to. Now, this is particularly important. So... As a keyboardist, it's not uncommon for he or she to play a few measures of a piano sound and then switch over to two measures of the sound of the harp or trumpets or, you know, maybe a few bars of an organ or accordion, so on and so forth. You get the idea. All of these changes are signaled in the sheet music by tiny colored circled stickers. Okay, I know. So when you see the sticker and a certain section in the sheet music, that tells the keyboardist, hey, it's time to play the next sound. Now, how does he or she do this, you ask? I'm glad. Well, the keyboardist has two pedals on the floor, 
which they use to move forward, or if necessary, move back to a different sound. So close your eyes and think about this with me. The song starts. You're reading the sheet music. You glance at the conductor while reading the sheet music. And while you're reading said sheet music and glancing at the conductor, you see a dot on the music. Using your foot, you tap the pedal on the floor as it advances the computer to the next sound. Okay? Turn the page. Watch the conductor. Wait. Watch the sheet music. Oh, crap. Another circle. So on and so forth. And it's like this for about three hours. It's incredibly stressful, at least for me personally. Some people, they just devour this and they love it. But one night in particular, that one sold-out night in a two-week string of other sold-out nights, but this one, this one night in particular. You know, I'm going to go ahead and say this early so we can get to the meat of this somewhat unusual episode. Sit tight with me. There's a reason and there's a purpose why I'm sharing this story. But I'm Chad Lawson. And let's calm it down in three, two, one. So I can't share too much of the details without giving away the title of the show, but in one scene, the orchestra or the band is is playing a lively piece. People are singing, dancing, and then there is a sudden stop. All the lights go out and then there's a spotlight. And the next scene is a couple holding hands as they stroll down a street in Paris. Well, yours truly was, well, it was my job to set the mood of romance with the sound of the accordion as the couple laugh and bask in their new euphoria. It was the moment in the show where the couple finally gets together. It was that magical, feel-good, hearts-gushing moment. You see where this is going, don't you? Now, remember how I mentioned at my left foot, there's a pedal that moves the sound of the instrument forward, moving the sound of loud, thundering trumpets to the lovely, ever-so-French sound of the accordion for Lover's Lane. Well, it never changed sounds. I'm sure it was user error. Uh, Perhaps I didn't hit the pedal firmly enough. Maybe I just missed it altogether. I mean, there's so many moving parts. The sheet music, the conductor, the stickers, the sweat, a sudden stop of one piece moving straight into the next song with literally a second's pause. And I can hypothesize about it for the rest of my life. But guess what? That won't change what happened which was a couple walking hand in hand, expecting a beautiful accordion, but instead was accompanied by a blaringly loud, obnoxious trombone ensemble that completely scared the you-know-what out of the couple, myself, and all 2,100 of those attending. Realizing what happened in a second, though it felt like an hour, I hit the pedal correctly this time, and I picked up where I was supposed to be in the scene, playing the accordion as the couple, though shaken, (laughs) continued to stroll the streets of the city of love. In my headphones, the musical director chimed in with something like, somebody had a rough night last night. That was it. That's all he said. (sighs) I wanted to vomit, 
No, really. Like, I actually wanted to vomit. Never in my life have I literally wanted to stand up and just walk out. To just get up, grab my jacket, and walk out the door. Sadly, that wasn't an option. Because the show, regardless of what happened, it went on. And those 2,100 people attending, those attending who spent hard-earned money on tickets, do you know what they said? Nothing. Not a thing. They didn't say anything. The show went on. If there's anything I want you to hear from my experience, this most humiliating, embarrassing flub, I want you to hear this. No matter what, the show goes on. That evening, which I swore I would never do again, it was one of the most horrific experiences I've ever had on stage. I literally called my wife on the drive home and said, if I ever sign up for another gig like this, please slap me. Okay, love. That was all she said. She knew. I was in the moment. I was upset. I was embarrassed. I was frustrated. Whatever you want to insert, I was it. But the next night, there I was, back in the seat, 20 minutes early, warming up my fingers, making sure this time the pedal was well within place. No one came up and stuck a piece of paper on my back that said kick me, or no one reminded me what happened. No one even hinted. Want to know why? Because no one cared. Seriously. I mean, it didn't affect a single thing in their life. Their power didn't get cut off. It didn't determine if they had food on the table the next morning or not. My making a simple, mindless flub didn't live in their head, which told me it shouldn't live in mine. Now, when I tell the story, I can't help but laugh and perhaps maybe exaggerate a few details here and there. But was it horrible? Yes. Did I want to give up my life as a professional pianist? Kinda, yeah. For a moment. Did I swear I would never do it again? Yeah, I did. But that didn't last very long. But getting back in the seat that next night... And then the next, and then the next, I learned something about life. It goes on. The show, it goes on. And while we tend to relive that moment, that one blip on the screen that lasted all of maybe, maybe 30 seconds, everyone else has gone on with their lives. I guarantee you, I guarantee guarantee you not a single person in the orchestra pit woke up this morning and said man i will never forget how chad lawson dropped a bomb that night during the second act not a single person i share this story because now i can look back on it and i can laugh at the time not so much did it teach me a lesson that I should really have the music under my fingers for each performance so I could be more aware of the conductor and computer screen and all of those things? Yes, absolutely. And it's a great story to sit around the table with similar musicians who have had the same, if not worst, experience than mine. And that actually brings us all together so we can actually share in something that we've all been through. But that moment 
you are reliving, be it the regret, the mistake, or the I'll never forgive myself kind of moment. I want you to repeat these words after me. C'est la vie. <laughs> Everything sounds better in French. Or you can just say, life goes on. That's life. The show goes on. And sometimes it isn't until we're around a table sharing stories that we learn, it didn't happen to just you. Life goes on. Forgive yourself. Let that blip in time, that whoops of yesterday, let it be exactly what it is. Gone. Pick yourself up. Dust yourself off. Take the seat. Look around. Maybe even laugh at yourself a little bit. Realize that no one is staring. No one's keeping score. No one's hanging it over your head. And if they are, or if you feel it's hard for you to let go, I want you to remember, life, the show, goes on. To find more episodes of Comet Down, hear the musical playlist from today's episode, or simply wanting to know where to send chocolate chip cookies, visit CometDownPodcast.com. You'll even find additional resources for emotional support, including our online community and our Facebook page. You're not alone. You are not alone. This podcast was written and produced by yours truly, Chad Lawson, composer pianist, and nationally recognized Sweet Tooth. And now something my attorney wants me to say. The views, expressions, and techniques in this episode are of my personal opinion and is not intended to, nor should they serve as a substitute for medical advice or a diagnosis rendered to you by your individual doctor or other healthcare provider. Only a licensed physician should evaluate your situation, provide a diagnosis, or render other medical advice to you, and you should only act upon the advice of such physician. Now, what I'd like to say. I am an extreme empath by nature, but my profession is that of a composer and pianist, not a licensed therapist or physician. I hear from thousands of listeners how my music has helped them through various stages of emotional needs, and I simply want to offer this and future podcasts in aiding those needs. To find a list of licensed professionals in your area, please visit CometDownPodcast.com. And finally, if you've enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review. While it takes less than 60 seconds to do, its impact will last for years to come as every little bit helps in growing the awareness and the importance of emotional health. I'm Chad Lawson, and until next time, be kind to your mind, and join me next week as we calm it down.